Paul, quick, come up with a scheme to get back at the neighbours across the street from you, aside from stealing the fruit from their trees. Um, kick in their windows, <laughs> break in, set light to the living room and toilet, <laughs> steal the wife, and leave your calling card. What a scheme! What a <laughs> it's, a, it's a harebrained madcap scheme, Paul. <laughs> Don't forget to completely violate all of the post that they've got. Just lying around the place. And you put you put your, their toothbrushes up your butt and then leave <laughs> a photograph somewhere faintly, fairly hidden that they'd only find once they made way through brushing their teeth. <laughs> at the point when, hide it where you usually look at photographs whilst you're brushing your teeth. Put it there. <laughs> On my own chest in the mirror. <laughs> in the mouthwash. <laughs> What's this? Oh no! He's a genius. Actually a genius though. He's a pesky Christmas I'm, genius. I'm glad I've got his his butt juice on my toothbrush. Mate, you need to see someone about that juice. It's just, I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's not right, son. Oh, it all comes out in the podcast. Literally. <laughs> Best time to tin it. Tis the reason we keep crying. It's not. It's not actually even in the top five reasons, guys. <laughs> I'm Paul Salt, and this is the most clothes I've worn in years. <laughs> uh, I'm Wrongway Finch, <laughs> author of To Kill a Wronging Bird. He's a character in it, not a writer of it. Doesn't even make sense anymore. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yes, it's Christmas again. You know what that means? Dreadful festive film, Christmas song, and the annual consideration of Kirk Cameron and his arguments. I believe him. I believe anything. Because uh, because I'm a member of the British public. (laughs) (laughs) This episode's two weeks late. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was recorded two weeks ago, guys. It's a hell of a mood. The only only downside really to being an episode ahead of your recording schedule. (laughs) (laughs) This year... We are taking a family-friendly look at Deck the Halls. Hmm. In the peaceful town of Cloverdale, Dr. Stephen Finch was Mr. Christmas. This is a busy time of year, so we have to have a game plan. All must sing caroling requests to be submitted in writing. Until the competition moved in. Who moves in the middle of the night? I'm Buddy Hall. We just moved in across the street. These are my babies. Can I live here? Daddy, come look. You can see every house in the country from space. Where's our house? You can't see our house. Just hoping that one day I do something big. (laughs) Buddy. Around here, I'm the Christmas guy. I don't think so. Now, they're going head to head. Watch and learn. For the holidays. That's going to swell up. It's John Whitesell's 2006 Christmas horror film about Matthew Broderick preying on the innocent. And also Danny DeVito, who reprises his role as tragic supervillain, the Penguin. <laughs> he reprises his role as man with the same face as Robert De Niro. <laughs> but nothing else like Robert De Niro. <laughs> That's amazing. He's got the same circle of face. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> we should make him a three-man for his sins in, um, in uh, the other things that Robert De Niro has done with us. Was he done New Year's Eve? Was there another? Yeah, New Year's Eve and... Um... He was a dreadful bad guy or something, wasn't he? Something. Sutton, yeah. Sutton film. Sutton, Sutton. Sutton, Sutton. Danny DeVito's f- circle of face. You are now a three-man. <laughs> oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Oh. Take that. We'll get the rest of you. <laughs> Critics reacted to this film like a lump of coal fired at them from across the street. <laughs> Nell Minow at Movie Mom says, Another year, another cheesy, hypocritical movie about how the true meaning of Christmas gets lost in the madness of Christmas, except that this movie is in itself Exhibit A in the Christmas Madness category. What a category to be in. Who wins that? <laughs> I mean, it's and tr- how would you win it? True meaning and Christmas madness, the two categories. So okay. you've got to start sorting through it. Which one does Die Hard fall into? That, true meaning. True meaning, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the true meaning of Christmas is yippee Kaye. Mick Shager at Slant Magazine says, Nothing says Christmas quite like incompetent slapstick saccharine sermonizing and cavernous cleavage i don't know if you noticed cavernous cleavage was in the film she played um <laughs> she played the mayor wasn't she in death game <laughs> she sure was oh god and 
Nicolas Cage loved it. Wasn't even in it. The public, on the other hand, welcomed it into their homes like festive muggers. <laughs> Astro92 at IMDb said, Here's, here we go. I found Deck the Halls to be an enjoy- a very enjoyable Christmas motion picture. Motion picture. Based on the award-winning <laughs> novel. Feature film. <laughs> Prestige a, piece. This movie's gonna make get people talking. Uh, the movie here is somewhat interesting. Wow. And the <laughs> principal cast are all very sophisticated. Very. <laughs> what on earth? Many of the scenes included herein made me glow with happiness. I was extremely amazed by just about everything that this movie depicted. <laughs> Shot of a brick. <laughs> Whoa! Oh! <laughs> Ma! Yes! The, film- <laughs> the filmmakers really outdid themselves. Also, I was delighted when I saw that DeVito's <laughs> offspring here were portrayed by a set of beautiful teen- twin teenage girls. Set. A set. Yeah, set of them. <laughs> a complete set of what teenage girls. What a beautiful girls. set of twins you've got. <laughs> They're mine now. What a great vat of twins. Oh, God. <laughs> My eyes got big every time I saw these characters, <laughs> Ashley and Emily, were on the screen. Seriously, oh, these two cute Christ. gals really had me captivated. They were so hot! Oh, Christ. <laughs> I just really... It was it was funny, the, the first line, and then when I realised that actually half of the movie was going to be about seriously how hot they were. I, actually, actually, guys, I don't think I hit this home enough. <laughs> You know what? I better lean into this. I'm nasty for these teenage girls. <laughs> I want to pull on their hair and run away. I mean it. <laughs> I don't think I don't. Your don't, dad. I'm not. Just believe it. Everyone. Seriously. Right. I'm not a loser. Right. I do. All right. All right. All right, kid. Uh, Dr. Alice H. Hearn. Good. We get some get some authority here. Maybe a diagnosis at the previous um the previous reviewer. <laughs> so Dr. Alice H. These girls are so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Medically speaking, woo! <laughs> says... My five-year-old really enjoyed this with me. This is a little... And then she, the review ends. <laughs> this <laughs> assume, is a little? This is a little. I assume what she meant to say was... Oh, sorry. There is a little is how it ends. Just, yeah. Uh, there is a little. I assume what she meant is... Uh, I assume what she means is there's a little town in Bethlehem where still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth everlasting life. Mm. The hopes, the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary... And gathered all above, while all mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. Mm. Disc didn't play four stars. <laughs> I assume that's the rest. My, doc- my doctor's <laughs> always saying that. <laughs> Ooh, my my doctor is um. Oh, what's his name? Baker, the Tom Baker. Danny is Tom, Baker is Danny Baker, famous murderer of Bob Marley. Danny Baker <laughs> is uh is my doctor, my GP. He's a dark horse. Watch out for him. <laughs> Don't let him kill you. <laughs> reggae artists the movie has six percent on rotten tomatoes 28 yeah. percent on metacritic five out of ten on imdb and 43 percent of the vote from the british public <laughs> topical topical to- it's Too still topical. topical unless they've reevaluated. it is still topical and will be for the next five years oh god the film was nominated for three golden raspberries including worst excuse for family entertainment which it lost to rv directed by barry Sonnenkat. Oh, really? Fantastic. Yeah, we'll get around to it. It's got Robin it... Williams in it. Oh, yeah. Look, some films do. <laughs> Look, man. I didn't want to find out like this. But, uh, it's not always great. It's about time we had a talk. Now, there are lots of two men. For some reason, this movie has a lot of actors in common with The Predator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if Neil Breen had a, had a role to play in sort of ferrying them from one place to the other. What if the ferryman <laughs> over I the river... the matchmaker. <laughs> I ferry people from one movie to the next. Get into my creepy boat. It's clean. It's all clean. <laughs> Points at his face. <laughs> but in terms of three men, we only have Lachlan Monroe. That twat. <laughs> that absolute chump. Um, who played Lieutenant General in The Predator. Yeah. And also Greg in Little Man. And in this is uncredited as Ted. He's a good one-syllable guy. <laughs> Ted Bedfred. He really has a... He has a he has a face for one-syllable guys. I bet he was one of the dudes in the uh, uh, the car vendor. Oh. You know, there were some dudes. Oh, I bet he yeah. was a dude. What's his... He feels like a dude. What was his name? Uh, what? Uh, Sean O'Brien. No, sorry. Uh, Lachlan Monroe. Oh, that's not the guy from um, Scary Movie and Dead Man on Campus, is it? Let me have a look. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Are you familiar with the works of Lachlan Monroe? I am familiar with the words of Lachlan Monroe, actually. Um <laughs> He was he was in a film called Dead Man on Campus, which had uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell in it, um, ah. where in, him and his roommate had to get 
a roommate to kill themselves so they could pass their <laughs> first year of college. Oh, those japes. Yeah, they're just classic <laughs> 90s japes. And uh, Lachlan Monroe was in it playing um, the same character he always plays. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that but classic he, Lachlan Monroe archetype. Yeah. He engages in some classic police baiting and then um, a car chase and drives off, a, drives off the road. It's amazing. Lachlan Monroe. <laughs> now I know Monroe, your name, kids. finally, after all these years. <laughs> uh, but we also have Sean O'Brien who plays male cop in Mother's Day, one of the ones presumably who holds a gun on that poor naked man, um, and Pastor Edwin in New Year's Eve. Interesting. I'm not sure I remember. Well, according to Google, he's also an Irish professional rugby union player from Carlisle Island. <laughs> Ooh, another dark horse. Many dark horses this week. I have some very distressing news. No. Obviously, we all expected uh, Matthew Broderick to become a three-man with this, but it was mm. only then that I realised that for some reason, Inspector Gadget was not included in the three-man database. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. What's wrong I'm with trying... this system? I learned it from you! <laughs> it's a dark day for us all. It didn't. Very dark day. For- fortunately, Matthew Broderick is the only three-man who nearly escaped. I've put them all in now. And it's okay, because he was okay. also in New Year's Eve. He was also in The Predator, God. playing the titular Predator. Ugh. Was he in New Year's Eve? Yes, remember he's... um. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's boss who shows up in a limo in one scene to tell her to get the lights on. No, I don't remember that at all. You better go back and watch New Year's Eve, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> i do that. We'll cut this together. Have you seen this? Ah, yeah, back. nice. <laughs> nice. Love it. <laughs> Three men in the bin. Oh, now again. Wonderful man. <laughs> Once again, on this most festive of seasons, I gathered my little family around the television, freezing and starving. And we all a shared tiny family. a tiny family, just keep them in a pocket. And we all shared the holiday duty of watching this tinsely nonsense. So I shall be featuring their kind words and gentle laughter throughout the episode. This is a subtitle sample. Now, is that large enough? Because you can get the subtitles. No, that's larger. perfectly all right. For God's sake, get the bloody thing going and get it. Are you sure? I feel like we should customize some of the. Excellent. So, Paul. Well, we all look forward to that. So, Paul, you haul. Ding, 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 ding. What's one thing about... Oh, I've been decked. <laughs> no! Oh, I just got the ambiguity <laughs> of the title. Shyamalan. Yeah. Great, eh? Yeah. What's one thing about Deck the Halls that made you visible from space? Matthew Broderick is just a law unto himself. And <laughs> He's a maverick. You can't tell him. He, he, he won't be told. He is. You can't, you can't tell him, actually. You can't tell him what to do. He, he <laughs> insisted on wearing the fake teeth from Inspector Gadget in this movie. <laughs> and it was only after a court order that um, they managed to be ripped from his face. And yet he had yeah. only to reveal less probable teeth underneath. <laughs> yeah. The teeth of Matthew Broderick. <laughs> beneath teeth. Isn't my beneath teeth. <laughs> beneath teeth. <laughs> oh, I hate Matthew Broderick. Don't like that. <laughs> like his his whole sitch. It's unpleasant, frightening. Speaking of which, in this he plays an optician. And yet he's the one who has trouble seeing things clearly. Oh. Amazing. That is wonderful, actually. Yeah. Danny DeVito plays a set. Well, he's a sort of jack of all trades. In this film, he starts as a car salesman, and yet he is a moron. <laughs> that was the first joke of the film. Oh. Well, anyway, Broderick lives in a town with some wacky Germans and some creepy old people, at least one of whom wears women's underwear. What a hilarious yeah. concept! Imagine that. I can't. And I won't. I don't have to. Look who the Prime Minister is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't have to look at the world. Hi, honey. I'm home. He gathers, well, he gathers, it's Christmas. So he gathers his family around. Oh, yeah. His family is um, his wife, Charlotte, who is still the worst. <laughs> she always is. She's perfectly nice in this, but she's the worst. His daughter, maybe Bluth, and his son, Carter. He wasn't in a memorable sitcom. Mm. Boderick is creepy for a bit and then gets out the advent calendar. And per Christmas tradition, goes straight to day three. As uh, we all wish we could with this film. <laughs> Why isn't there a picture of the advent calendar behind the first one? Ah, oh, there should be, yes. <laughs> On Earth advent calendar. <laughs> day two recover for the excitement. Yeah, he's he's just he just loves Christmas so much. He loves the tradition. Oh, he loves the tradition. Of, of, you know, all the, all the Christmas presents and the trees with the family <laughs> and he's gonna let his son chop down the tree oh. and he's gonna take another photo of them yeah. in, in, a, in their christmas jumpers and he's lovely everyone in the town loves him as well <laughs> he loves the so he's no, a yeah. regular kirk cameron he loves the breakdance he contest is, he loves the he loves the fire he loves the traditions he loves the stories and he loves non-believers oh he loves them he just wishes that he, that we could tell these stories and not put them in a box and that the box might contain and then it just goes on for 12 minutes 
<laughs> but who's that pulling up outside of the house? I wonder. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I only saw the, the 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 film poster once, Paul. I have no idea. <laughs> I only I only saw the left side of the poster and thought sold, <laughs> and didn't consult with the rest. The right side of the poster. That's Danny DeVito. <laughs> He's spazzing out on me. He's having a seizure. Oh, I got tasered once. It looked exactly like that. And I'm man enough to say, I wet myself. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Buddy Hall. We just moved in across the street. You don't happen to have a cat, do you? Uh, no. Oh, good, because I was moving in last night. I accidentally dropped a fridge on one. Thank God most of it got away. Yes, it is. He shows up. Um, and um, yeah. Matthew Broderick says, um, Who moves in the middle of the night? A meth lab? Mummy, what's a meth lab? <laughs> Damn you, Broderick. Darling, darling, take your brother and run. <laughs> when he got one chance. <laughs> when he got one chance, he's distracted with that analogy that he's clearly happy with. Run. <laughs> that was our chance. If you watch carefully, Charlotte in several shots is just looking around to see if it's her opportunity to try and run away. But uh, it never comes. Never comes. Broderick's too savvy. Nonchalantly throwing thing keepsakes (laughs) into a briefcase. (laughs) Sweetie, why do you keep all of your stuff packed into this suitcase? Just so I know where it is. Convenient. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, Um, where's my precious, precious jewels? Bottom of a very large suitcase. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Seems fine. Makes sense to me. So... The wife makes a joke about the... Vi- the oh, so yeah, sorry. The person who's moved in is not a meth lab. It's uh, Danny DeVito. It's, it's as far m- from a meth lab as you can get. He's a meth lab. and A method lab. A method oh, acting right. lab. And he shows up with his, <laughs> um, his scantily dressed wife. Mm. And he comes over initially to steal the newspaper, but is caught in the act. And this is the first impression he gets to make. And the wife comes over and makes a joke about the visibility of Matthew Broderick's wiener. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like we got a visitor. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put the little guy away on my couch. (laughs) And Charlotte responds as if it was really uncouth to point out the Broderick's visible junk. (laughs) I mean, really? This is our home. (laughs) Free country and all that. (laughs) If anything, um, he should have just been high-fived for maintaining that 15 minutes after waking. (laughs) That look. That dishevelled morning look. <laughs> I like the idea that this year's Christmas uh, family family episode is going to be a wrestle. <laughs> in which I have be... to try and pull back. It's family friendly <laughs> in the sense that Spawn is family friendly. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the it. role of the violator. Christmas. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm here for the nativity. I shall be playing the role of the violator. <laughs> Come oh on God. kids. <laughs> I thought you locked the door. This year. <laughs> he always gets in. Oh, so, God. <laughs> I've sworn so much in these notes. <laughs> we get to meet Danny DeVito's two daughters, and I start to radically reassess who the target of this target audience <laughs> of this movie might be. You've got to have something for the dads. And something for the dads. And if the wife's cleavage, the cavernous cleavage wasn't enough, you've got to introduce a couple of uh, teenage daughters for everybody to find very hot. Are they the Olsen twins? <laughs> Whilst I'm contemplating this, my family revealed that they are experiencing this film at two very different speeds. Yeah, but the standard um, trope is that they're all too busy making money and don't understand the full meaning of this. That's what they all boil down to. Isn't he and Matilda? Yes. Both true. Both true. Um, Yeah. Right on the money. We then get the strangest introduction of a concept ever. We're about 15 minutes into the movie. We've had a very unfunny scene where Danny DeVito shows himself to be an excellent car salesman. And now we need a premise. And a very important line gets said. The daughters are looking Mm. at the laptop. And he says, what have you got going on here? And they say, it's my earth. My earth? You type in an address and you can see every house in the country from space. Really? And you can see every house in the country from space. Hmm. Word for word, that is what's said. You can see every house in the country from space. Every house. Every house. Every house in the country from space. Uh, Except ours. Space. Ours can't be seen for reasons that will not be explored in the making of this, in the the telling of this tale. Um, Maybe a technical malfunction or something, Dad? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Black spot, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, DeVito decides that because he's so invisible... By being such a brilliant salesman and generally well liked by everyone around him, with a gorgeous wife mm. and two do- two hot daughters, <laughs> because he's so invisible, he decides he's gonna try and get all the lights on, all the lights. Yeah, all over his house. He gets this idea when he steps on a light bulb, and that gives him the idea for light. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Light bulb moment. Ah, you see? It's better than waking up the next morning, going out and staring up at the sun until his <laughs> retinas burn out. <laughs> I've got an idea! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad's retinas are burned out again. No. <laughs> Not uh, again. I guess we're going to need to Dad have another Peter. one of the daughter's eyes put inside his head. And the third <laughs> daughter's like, no, another one. And she stumbles around the kitchen. I don't, I don't know why they must be hot. <laughs> like, you just don't understand eyes. Ask Matthew must... Broderick. <laughs> it's the only way this Robert De Niro salvaged face works. So I've got the <laughs> hottest eyes I can get. Uh, Broderick comes over and complains about the lights to Danny Vito, but then concedes that maybe he overreacted. And it's just... Mm. Just the concept of Matthew Broderick overreacting. Oh, gee. I better do something about this. Hi, honey. I'm home. Sorry to fly off the handle like that. <laughs> he goes, maybe some more morphine. And everyone runs in. He's like, no, Matthew, not anymore. No more morphine. <laughs> Just a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Just to hit the sweet spot. <laughs> but uh-oh, it's sled time. <laughs> oh. It is quite clunky. When was it made? 2011? It should be better, really. Broderick dies, and the rest of the movie is a post-death dream. I mean, that's all we can hope for. But the <laughs> the, the film is... Danny DeVito is a, is a lovely guy, and yeah. he does a lot of things very well. Matthew yeah. Broderick just refuses, refuses yeah. to... <laughs> Join in or any, part Anything but challenge him. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and doesn't participate and just argues all the time. But there is there is some legitimacy there. There is a bit where he's looking out the window and notices that Danny DeVito is stealing electricity from them. I think he's tapping into our power. Yes, and in the process, he is stealing our very souls. I mean, that's really going to improve. It's just, it's really going to increase our bill. You know, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> just trying to balance the books, dear. <laughs> Fine, I guess I was the one being unreasonable. Let's just let him steal the energy. Run a cable That's across fine. a busy street. God, I, I definitely want a divorce. <laughs> Which one of you said that? It's hard to say. <laughs> it sounded identical. The son comes up to him at this stage and says, Dad, maybe we can take our annual trip to the mall, get some hot, hot chocolate and shop for Mum's gift. And he says, we don't need to spend time together, son. I picked out this gift from a catalogue. And there's just something about the idea of Matthew Broderick ordering an item from a catalogue. It's the saddest, most emotionally boring thing I've ever considered in my life. <laughs> Just, it drains me. And yet it was cut from the film. <laughs> Do you need my address? No. I already gave it to you, of course. <laughs> yes, I'll hold. <laughs> so you don't have to sing. Whilst, um... <laughs> oh, sorry. I get tense and then I sing. <laughs> when I sing, people die. <laughs> God. His eyes rotate to the camera. He looks right into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, he's, well, he's got five Christmas trees growing in a lot for some reason. Um, yeah. The lot just allows this. Can I have one of those? Nope. Those are Matthew Broderick's. Do not ask questions. <laughs> just run. Damn it. No! Oh, God. A final destination chain of events happens that leads to the trees being burned. Yeah. Started by a spark generated by a metal axe on a wooden tree. Great science. What was a petrol can doing sitting there anyway? Comedy. And somehow Broderick blames DeVito for this, even though God feels like the more likely suspect at this stage, <laughs> based on what happened. Well, I mean, God or DeVito is, is, is basically the same thing. It does make Matthew Broderick's next actions understandable. He decides to um, solid snake it. <laughs> well... He tries to have choir practice first, but DeVito starts playing rap music, which old people absolutely love. Yeah. So they have to <laughs> go over and... 90s listen. old people all about rap. <laughs> they love it. This is shortly after the two mums have come up with a premise, a concept to have a real, a book of real recipes for real mothers, because no one's ever done that before. Nope, nope, nope. Brand never, new. Never, never, never. Um, Feminist revolution. <laughs> DeVito's house has become a news story, as has his mission to make his house visible from space. I really want... My house to be seen from space. Oh my god. You can see every house in the country from space. Yeah. Imagine that. Man's checking Snopes, are they? Yeah, imagine a house visible from space. You can see every house in the country from space. Never heard of it. No. So, why isn't the story 
Why can't anyone see this house from space? What's going on? Is it Matthew Broderick's fault? P.S. It's definitely Matthew Broderick's fault. <laughs> Broderick's car is blocked in, and then toxic, toxic masculinity the man shows up and dares him <laughs> to just gun it through the hole, which isn't big enough. <laughs> which works on Broderick. Broderick has to look up the word frustration in one of our human dictionaries, and then offers <laughs> up his interpretation of what that might look like. And, yeah, at this stage he Quite decides, good. enough is enough, I'm going to the police. Um, the police chief chastises him for being oh, a bit yeah. sensitive, but then says, you know what, okay, he's causing a nuisance. Well, I'll help you fill out the form. Uh-oh, though. He's wearing women's underwear. And Broderick, run. Broderick gets frightened by this and runs away and never comes back to see the cops again in this movie. The next scene is him with toxic masculinity guy having a beer <laughs> that he doesn't enjoy. <laughs> Drinks anyway and forces his son to do the same. <laughs> we get a tender scene with DeVito and the wife where he admits that the lights are dumb and that he should take them down, and the wife insists he keep them up because oh, something yeah. good is bound to come of it. I'll take them all down tomorrow. You touch one bulb on that house, and you've seen the last of my special holiday offers, and I think you're You just said they look stupid. Yeah, it's crazy. But all good ideas are crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> Oops, lady. <laughs> now he, he goes. He just dressed dressed up like a like solid snake. He goes in and decides to <laughs> cut the electricity to Danny DeVito's house. Um, yeah. In, instead of just asking him again to turn it off, or actually just going to yeah. the police, um, <laughs> actually going and staying with the police. Yeah. yeah. Um, instead, he's got to get pooped and vomited on. That's disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, great. Yeah, he falls in some camel poo. Who produced this? Is it part of a sort of... The director directed Big Mama's House 2. Oh, God. Yeah, it's hmm, yes, I think we could see a pattern emerging here. He, he, he does throw <laughs> a snowball at the fuse box, which was um, yeah. very, very good. And um, the sun's up a pole. It's all good. It's all a family occasion. And then <laughs> oh, Danny DeVito... there's some pillow fighting. Oh, yeah, some pillow fighting. Such Christmas. Twins. Hmm. Uh, Nothing like it. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Danny Dewey finds out that Matthew Broderick um, cut the fuse yeah. to his house by snow throwing yeah. snowball at it. In spite of, in spite of his excellent counter espionage measures, Davido <laughs> figures out that it was the guy who hates him that yeah. did it, dressed like Solid and Snake. So, <laughs> dressed like Solid Snake. So, well, I mean, you know, he decides to frame him for the theft of public property and forges his. his forges his signature, costing him tens of thousands of dollars. What a nice guy. If only the police wore underwear I approved of. <laughs> well, he sneaked in in the night and yeah. put up a tree, decorated it, did all of that. Decorated it with immaculate taste, like a shop front. <laughs> but no, at this stage, Matthew Broderick's a fugitive and Danny DeVito is... <laughs> It's just, it's just a small Robert De Niro from Mean Streets. Gonna, things are going to turn bad for him because it turns out when you get a new job, you do have to show up for it. <laughs> it is really you have to at least You have to get a bit of a, of a bit of, um, what do you call it? Grace, grace you yeah. know, just consider, what's the word? A rep. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to, goodwill. You have to build up some goodwill yeah. before you can take a solid month off <laughs> to mess around with some lights on your house. To fart around with lights on your house. Um, <laughs> so he gets fired, reasonably so. And so in order to fund his habit, he sells a valuable family heirloom belonging to the wife to buy more yeah. lights. Um, not before challenging Matthew Broderick to a skating competition. Um, yeah, at the Christmas fair. I love this sequence. Thus taking more time off of work. <laughs> it's the Christmas fair and some... It's, it's part of that traditional small town Christmas tradition where a bunch of scantily clad young women take to the stage to writhe about for the mm. benefit of everyone. Right. Broderick remains completely still, but starts shouting, who's your daddy? Yeah. Well, you're a guy, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, come on. Uh, hey, hey, is it getting hot out here or is it just you girls? Oh, nice dip. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Woo! Hey, baby, who's your daddy? <laughs> yeah. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? From a stationary position, we have a blank looking look on his face. Which they're happy to curve over until we turn around and they realise that they're, they're in daughters. Yeah, they're human. Exactly. It turns out they're human beings. Do you know what I can? Because Im he's seen humans do this on the television. He has <laughs> received. I, the, the the really sad thing about this scene was. Uh, apart from the fact that I could see what was coming, coming, is that I could really imagine yeah. it. 
as well in in any town. Really? There's just, there's just a there's just a guy. It's not always the dad of just... maybe Bluth, but <laughs> but just standing there saying out loud to his community and with his wife nearby, "Who's your daddy?" <laughs> it might not be the community leader. I'll give you that, but it <laughs> it would be a guy. Or you know, now <laughs> nowadays it could it could be a woman as well, and I think that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, excuse me, who's your daddy? <laughs> so there's that that bit where Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick um, are yelling sweet sweet abuse at their own daughters. <laughs> Um, They're lusting after the bodies of their own hot daughters. Um, yeah. And then they go for a race. Yeah. <laughs> um, where all the sins will be absolved. <laughs> Except that an old man falls over and nobody helps him. <laughs> Skate law. <laughs> Track life. Sorry, old man. <coughs> ah! <laughs> my eyes. Matthew Broderick cut my face off with his skating blades. <laughs> oh, sorry, what did I miss? I got Mama Chemistry distracted. What were they doing? Missing sliding sliding a, about the place and just generally. How? How? Not even something you yeah. could really put into words. <laughs> no, not me. It's just a lot of nothing. It's a lot Because we joy. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so they have this race to determine who is the ultimate man and who gets to do whatever they want with Christmas, apparently. And Danny DeVito wins by pure luck because Matthew Matthew Broderick trips up and then trips up the two (laughs) hilarious Germans. Yeah, and Um, trips over the old man who was on the stop, just on the track. So who who cares about him anymore, Paul? uh, He voted for Boris Johnson. He's dead for me. He's mayor of an American small town. You know how many (laughs) American small town mayors voted for Boris? God. He's head of the Border Patrol. (laughs) God. So the wife, having enabled this addiction earlier on, now decides to leave him because he's proven dangerously irresponsible. Yeah. Broderick's family leaves him too, but it's less of a surprise. You know, it requires less justification. You could have just started this film about their family, and eventually you think she's going to leave him. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> Even before Danny DeVito gets here, you just you can't you can't keep up with that pace for, <laughs> yeah, for that long. It's a hard pace to keep up with the Broderick pace because it's slower. It seems than, slow. It's slower than the human mind is able to think. <laughs> Hello, wife. Nope, I didn't get any of that. <laughs> Try again. And yeah, and, and by dint of that, it seems light speed. <laughs> it's like your man. It's staring into the Lovecraftian abyss. So there's a bit where Broderick fires rockets at George Bush Sr.'s house, and he accidentally reveals that he had the stolen tree in his house. Neither of these things have any consequences. So let's yeah, sum up. Whatever. Let's let's just conclude. Both families are staying in the same motel room across town, and the men yeah. agree there's only one way to get them back. They've got to get rid of the mm-hmm. lights. They've got to discuss their differences like grown-ups and make yep. a renewed promise to treat their wives and families with respect and to actually listen to their concerns and communicate about their own insecurities, especially yep. around money. Just kidding, it's Christmas! <laughs> that was a patented Paul Christmas cracker. Oh, what? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh, no, no one does until it's in them. So what That's they actually do... <laughs> What they actually do is they use the lights to create a garish illuminated pathway across town, blocking off traffic in several places, leading to an elaborate well, meal they've flawlessly, they've flawlessly managed to fund and cook, using recipes from mm. the cookbook that the wives have managed to write and publish in the last four <laughs> days. That's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it, isn't it? I tried everything. Maybe not everything. Not everything? You haven't tried lining up all your Christmas decorations from your front door to the motel door? Why do you try doing that? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, they do. Look, they do do all the things like decide to respect their wives more, but then they also do build the garish illuminated pathway across <laughs> from the motel to to their house. And I have no idea what distance that is. It could have been fifty meters. Just terrible filmmaking. It could have been but, um, a city. Most likely ten kilometers. Well, speaking of inexplicable human achievements of them writing that cookbook, Broderick found time to call the entire town in between cooking an entire cookbook and rewiring a city. It's allegory. I'm a very poor one. Fuck off with allegory. Who's Freddy? Allegory. Who's Freddy's brother? Oh, who's Freddy? Allegory. Who's Freddy? Allegory. Freddy Gory. So the whole town Um, shows up with more garish lights because that was the problem, not enough lights. And (laughs) they put the Christmas tree on and now it can be seen from actual space. Great. Great. And the movie ends. That really is it. <laughs> Jesus. Pretty much. Um, yeah. what, what? Who wins? What, who, what does he get out of what? 
Where's Dan Aykroyd? Who gets what out of the message? Who? Yeah, that's what you needed. You needed Dan Aykroyd to show up and explain why we're all idiots. Oh, God. Can, can we stop it now? Because it's one of these films like Love Actually, where the ending starts up and it just goes on and on and on. And it's I one dream on. pop song. This could be the last shot. But Love Actually has me. There we go. Oh, thank God for that. Well, it wasn't really enjoyable on any level, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the idea of Broderick was... Oh, don't be so married to tradition that you're afraid to make new memories. You know, which is a thing. Yeah. It's actually something I can relate to. Sometimes I get a little yeah. too stuck on the idea of recreating the same things that were fun last year to, you know, open up to new fun stuff. The yeah. problem is 2% of the movie is committed to that. There's a yes. couple of scenes. His rivalry with Danny DeVito is very little to do with the fact that Danny DeVito is, you know, breaking all of his traditions there's a couple of bits like the choir and the rest the mm. r- most of the complaint broderick has with devito is that he's a very bad neighbor who is mm. stealing electricity framing him for crimes <laughs> <laughs> tricking him into spending tremendous amounts of money and mm. stealing his newspaper first and foremost so it's not so much the whole breaking tradition thing yeah the other thing I got from that was that Danny DeVito was a better Christmas guy than Matthew Broderick was. That should have been the point. That so should have been the point to this. That yeah. whole space thing was madness. Just have it that De- DeVito yeah. wants to be the Christmas guy because he's not got much else going on. You know, maybe leave out yeah. the gorgeous wife, gorgeous kids, gorgeous job that he's incredibly good yeah. at. Maybe leave those out so that you can maybe give him some stakes. Yeah, because I mean, Matthew Broderick is going through the town at the beginning and he's a community figure and people are asking him his opinion on Christmas things. Yeah. It's great. And and I just thought that was what this film was going to be. <laughs> Danny DeVito comes in, is a better Christmas boy. Yeah, and a more Broderick garish modern Christmas to be boy. beaten on this. And it, yeah. they, have, they obscure the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. But Danny, Danny DeVito, the whole thing hinges, it's like Anakin all over again. The whole thing hinges <laughs> on him being a gullible fool. Yeah. And... And and for him to suddenly be obsessed with this space w- thing, like whale of a yeah of, yeah a house from space is is moronic. It's really nonsense, and it doesn't make sense the motivations. And putting the scene in where the wife encourages him to carry on with it is baffling. Yeah, what on earth what are they doing? It's, it's, <laughs> like I, we've we had this discussion on on WhatsApp furiously after I finished wa- watching it. <laughs> how for me. For the most part, this is on par with the cranks for me. Mm. Um, Christmas with the cranks, that is. And um, it is a tight context, but it it has a sliver of a message at the end. Mm. Um, whereas <laughs> Christmas with the cranks was, you're actually wrong to want to yeah. go against Christmas tradition. The, Shame on you. Here's the difference: is Christmas with the cranks has a bad message that it just happens into your face. Yeah. Whereas, like the Tories, Deck the Halls has a good message that it includes in a line near the end, like Labour. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. It's very topical episode. Um, I understand all the, the references at the beginning now. Um, it's it's just it's a crazy film yeah. with no yeah no clear message until the end, and then it's <laughs> and then it's swamped again by the space thing. Yeah. Um. I think and just I mean just not funny. Yeah, that's first and foremost. Is it's just really not funny. It's a film built upon the idea of just a bunch of crazy madcap episodes that don't really mm. play into each other. I mean, the payoff, yeah. the setup and payoff in this is just all over the place. The idea of establishing, <sighs> why were there a bunch of animals at his house if the goal was to be seen from space? If his goal is to be the great Christmas guy, then fine, animals make sense. But uh, anyway, but they keep introducing yeah. elements like, oh, the stolen tree is in his house. You know, that's a big deal. The tree that the whole town loves has now been placed in Matthew Broderick's house, but it doesn't pay off in any way no and the car he nothing yeah the car just gets forgotten about and also demonstrating that broderick is rich enough to just all right fine i will pay for the car and it has no impact a brand new um minivan yeah (laughs) just yeah fine i'll pay for it then oh god i just i'm sure for some people like um the good doctor this was yeah comedy gold but i don't derive any enjoyment from this kind of comedy Mm. you know uh i also have no investment in the community or any common threads that I share with yeah, th- with any of these people. Mm. But then, I mean, I don't have any common threads with the cult society in Midsommar, so it's not, <laughs> it's not like that in a vacuum. Is, you can still invest in it. Is, is, yeah, a <laughs> yeah. deal breaker. It's what? just, just the, 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 the message, the drive, the motivation of these people and the community are just things that I just never want to be a part yeah. of in fiction or truth. It felt inauthentic and sort of lazy. And Matthew Broderick is such a strange lead. Hi, honey. I'm home. He's a very odd man. I've never 
I don't mm. think I've ever really liked him in a thing. Even when he shows up in something like Manchester by the Sea, he's just... I always wonder, is the point that he's weird? Is it the point so. that he doesn't quite act like a normal human being does? And it, I mean, it definitely played to his strengths. Yes. But, I mean, having said that, I, I, I rewatched The Cable Guy about a year ago, and I did... I do still like him in that. I like The Cable Guy. I forgot about that. Yeah. C- yeah cable Guy is great. great. I, I can't think of anything... Because after that, he then became weird leading man for a while that never yeah, worked. Yeah, like John Godzilla Cusack. And, yeah, exactly. Mm. He, he's, he's, he's a left-field kooky yeah. guy that works in the in, in very specific films. Um, and as he got older, and, it just became slightly stranger. His presence became more Nosferatu-esque. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a film that has a bad message, isn't very funny, and has very a very strange lead leading guy. Very strange. Very strange. But there are still some good things, things to enjoy about it. So let's quick fire. Quick fire. I liked when at the beginning he, at the very beginning, in fact, Ooh. when he is what's what's the word? Automatristing um, with yeah, automatistring. <laughs> um, he's in a consult with this elderly lady, and I don't need glasses. You need binoculars. We're settling for glasses. I like that line. It was. It's uh, a pretty good line. <laughs> it's it's what a professional med- like a medical professional would do. It was a mild joke from a professional yeah. man, <laughs> as you'd expect from Matthew Broderick. Consumer professional. I like the way it starts with Christmassy music in a snowy town. Got me in the mood, mm. you know? Aww. These movies are dreadful, but it's becoming a bit of a Christmas tradition in the Salt household, and I enjoyed that sort of nice slip back into the warm bath that is terrible festive movies. The tepid bath. <laughs> you thought it was warm. <laughs> But you just spent too long running away from hooligans. But then Matthew Broderick is in it. Um, Matthew Broderick's also in his Home Alone house. It's very, very much a, a film oh, yeah. of that of that ilk. Uh, house of that massive, ilk. And, massive uh, houses these people Americans yeah. have. I wonder if they the built American the entire Christmas town. Movie house, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we could have used the town from uh, Christmas with the Cranks, but uh, still got that Tim Allen stink in it. Tim stank. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was on lines that Broderick delivered well. He gets home and he has a bite of something, which I think the idea is he doesn't like, even though it's later meant to be that the wife's a good cook, I think. But, yes. Um, yeah. But he has a bite of something and says, Gee, I sure hope there's more of that. Hmm. In quite a flat kind of amusing yeah. way. Oh. <laughs> I quite like that exchange, actually, where she's, she says something along the lines of, it's awful, isn't it? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like, oh, they... They love oh. each other that much. They're actually they're actually that close. They're that he that could, he close. could say that. Oh. Honesty is good. Honesty is um, good, generally. I'm a fan. Yeah. Shut up, big nose. Oh. There's the D- Danny DeVito <laughs> Danny DeVito <laughs> has a certain way of throwing rubbish in the bin. Um and it might be because of his height and uh, in, mm. in comparison to the the rubbish like mm. the wheelie bin. He arcs his arm all the way over his head to throw the rubbish bin in the in the wheelie bin. Oh yeah. And, and it, it it connected with a certain it connected in a really satisfying way. I don't know I don't know how else to explain it, but <laughs> it was a it was a wordless shot. It was almost silhouetted. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was pure cinema. It was Buster <laughs> Keaton. It was everything you want. Um, in the dealership, I think he's meant to be Danny DeVito's boss, but he's the um guy who just comes out to him and says, "Welcome aboard." Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> All right. And just a very sort of Quentin Tarantino style. All right. As he sort of moves <laughs> on, is yeah, I quite liked. Oh, nice. Very believable, uh, believable salesman <laughs> boss. Yeah. God, imagine being the boss of salesman. Talking yourself into that position. All right, day five of interviews. Why do you think <laughs> you should be the manager here? Well, let me tell you about this, Bob. If you make me oh, the manager of uh, Bob's cars, I think you'll find that uh, you've got nothing, have you? <laughs> uh, hey, come back here. <laughs> the one thing he couldn't sell was himself. <gasps> oh, Shyamalan. House of Cards, this. Absolute House of Cards. <laughs> I enjoyed the insane way in which Matthew Broderick opens his curtains to stare out at Danny DeVito's House of Lights. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but I just pictured Matthew Broderick staring out of a window and it was maddening. Yeah. What I imagined. <laughs> Incomprehensible, undefinable nonsense. Oh, there's don't some... Okay, things that don't pay off. It's implied that Danny DeVito doesn't get irony and takes everything literally, like Drax oh, okay. yeah. from the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Nothing goes over my head. <laughs> Catch it. But um, it never comes up again outside of the scene it's mentioned in, I don't think. Do you have any idea what time it is? What's the matter, all the clocks in your house busted? 
No, I know what time it is. It's just yeah. it's the same with the when he they say let's start over and he goes hi I'm oh, but yeah. Dave Hall or whatever I'm Blood and, Dave uh, Hall nice <laughs> nice name <laughs> I'm gonna go on an expedition into the West <laughs> what was that wolf cry oh it happens whenever I say my name Blood Dave Hall <laughs> <laughs> and actually late, later on when um there's a callback to that let's start again moment and uh, oh there is a callback Matthew Broderick diplomatically sort of goes. Hi, I'm blah, you know, turning turning the tables and oh. it's a nice cute little callback to that. I think that was when I was halfway through falling off the sofa. It took me a while. It could have, it, it could have been. <laughs> I imagine pre-fall would have been pretty dramatic as well because <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of momentum that there's you a lot of gain inside yourself internally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a tectonic nice. shift. Oh great. <laughs> I love Broderick. Um two things about the whole sleigh incident made me laugh. One is Broderick screaming inside of the ambulance. <laughs> Just what he does in Short bursts. Yeah. So sort of just. Ah! Oh, oh. Ah! Calm down. Calm down. Ah! Which amused me. But then later on, it's revealed that um, whilst he was uh, sort of unconscious, mm-hmm. they took a picture of him and then cropped him into the Christmas photo. And so yeah. there's just this hideous picture of him, sort of pale, dead looking. You know, and it's just the uh, amusing idea that they felt that this was um, a good, a good thing to do. That was good. There's, there was another bit in that um, that really made me laugh when Matthew Broderick's been pulled out and he's in the ambulance. And you know he's in the he's in this sleeping bag, and he goes, "Oh, where are my clothes?" And they said, oh, "They're f- freezing and soaking wet." You know, you're, you're warmer here in the sleeping bag. Yeah. And it pans out as Danny DeVito is rubbing him to keep him warm, and oh, it yeah. reveals that Danny DeVito is also naked underneath the sleeping bag. <laughs> that <Right>. was fantastic. <laughs> that pan out was perfect. Excellent. There's never a bad pan out when it comes to a naked DeVito. <laughs> I Try. like the way. Okay, when the the trees are actually burning in the fire. Look pretty good. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you know. Might just be me, but you know, I think that when trees are burning, they just look pretty sexy. <laughs> might be me, but I think I think fire's pretty erotic. <laughs> I thought Danny DeVito diffusing the argument between him and Matthew Broderick in the first third of the movie was pretty convincing. It's like what a good salesman would do. Yeah. Not an idiot. Yeah, and it, it breaks movie convention. You know, where you think, yeah. oh, here we go, but then he's like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. They're gonna have to find more subtle, nuanced ways of bringing. Oh no, he's killed his actual daughter <laughs> skate fight <laughs> when they're doing christmas carols the gag is going to be that the german couple are going to request a bunch of um carols that you know <laughs> he's never heard of but amongst yeah. the nonsense that he says is the ignorant snowman yeah and i like that it made me laugh because it does actually play into this like this actual thing in which german folk tales are often sort of morality tales in which a um an arrogant character uh, gets his comeuppance and this yeah. is sort of always put towards children. So the ignorant snowman was a a, a plausible mm. and amusing name for a German folk carol. And the ignorant snowman also has such a lovely mouth sound to it as well. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Very confrontational. Yeah, and it makes you imagine what an ignorant snowman might look like. It's just wonderful. It's got so it's very many good. layers. When Matthew Broderick flies over the car in the sleigh, and the kid goes, "Santa, he's real. I knew it." Not funny in itself, but the look the dad gives his son after this is pretty good. It's very much a <laughs> "You're a dull boy, Billy." <laughs> God, it didn't take much, did it? You, you really full on believe that? <laughs> wow. Okay. The filming of the skate race was pretty good. Yeah. It was kind of dramatic, you know, yeah. and it did a good job of keeping you in, in sort of seeing where everyone was. And I don't know, it was more mm. competent than I expected and a little bit exciting. Ooh. Just a little bit. Who's going to win? What's going to happen? Doesn't I matter. was very... Inv- I, <laughs> the sport <laughs> wins. Um, I, w- I was invested in Matthew Broderick's skin suit. I was invested in his starting skate stop and his starting pose, all very professional. Nice. And I enjoyed that his character would be competitive enough, competitive enough yeah. to to have to start that race properly, like a pro would. Um, <laughs> Apparently, Broderick actually went away and learnt how to actually skate in order to do that sequence. Oh, because, that's you know, good. Sometimes you have to go method for some roles. It's just worth the effort. Yeah. Some <laughs> for some roles, hesitate to call it method because you think. That's the least that an actor should do sometimes. <laughs> I quite like the wives. They're very pleasant characters. They've had some, got some issues with plot and... Uh, and yeah. 
I, I mentioned to you, it's it, it's the comedy wife thing, where they're just saintly and nice and smiley. I mean, yes, these were particularly nice and saintly and smiley, but I don't know, I just, I, I, I feel like... I don't think she TV... was saint, I don't think the other one was saintly, Dana DeVito's wife. Well, no, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't in that sort of bland way, and she had a couple of amusing things. They kind of set her up, again, this is just down to the mishandling of conventions, but they set her up to be the sort of vulgar alternative to Charlotte. You know, yeah. she's going to be the one who says crude things at the dinner table and gets everyone into jams, basically the Jill, you know, yeah. but then not really. She wasn't actually crude in any way, really. She was just quite not nice after the first, Not after the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I measured and the ceiling's too low in the bedroom. We're going to have to get a shorter pole. Oh. Girls, get your beds down here. We've got company. Gets dropped it, really, qu- it, really quick. It just seemed entirely normal to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, but there's friends. there's a bit where they're talking about Danny DeVito selling the vase, the vase, oh, yeah. but vase, yeah. and um, vase. And, and Danny DeVito keeps going on about it, and she interrupts. I'm just gonna take a couple of these branches off so that we get. Not talking stand. about the trees. Really, quick, really quickly, um, very good delivery. Good. Oh yeah, um, I can't even remember who says it, but something happens, and it's very unlike. Oh, I think it's when the rocket goes down the chimney. Matthew Broderick says, "I really wish that hadn't happened." Again, it's just a very blunt way of saying it, yeah. which I enjoyed. Yeah. I like the NASA bit style bits that kept cutting back to. Um, is it Calpen? Yes. yes, it is Calpen. Um, doing this really just rubbish, muddly English scientist. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I can't remember the, the actual dialogue because it was quite a sprawling, rambling. Well, my favourite one was... Um... Guys, thanks so much for spending your holiday plans with us. Oh, no, that's no trouble at all. Actually, uh, it's funny, Basil's mum uh, stopped by with a, uh, a tin of biscuits, so we're just, we're just having a laugh. Yeah, um, and both times they talk about how, you know, they're, they're set up to... You know, so we've set it up to see if we can see it from... Uh, see his house from space, and uh, no, no, we can't. <laughs> uh, it, just, it cuts back to the news or whatever. Yeah. Um, the two really good cutaways there. Yeah, really good stuff. I'm down to the last one, my last one, which is um, Charlotte's monologue when she's kind of berating uh, Tim Allen for um, mm. being in this movie. And then she turns to her husband and um, <laughs> she tells him, you know, she basically lays out the idea of t- tradition versus spontaneity and that whole thing. You said this year our kids needed Christmas more than ever. No, what they need more than ever is you. Carter wanted to go Christmas shopping with you. And he wanted to cut down that tree with you and Madison. Well... Madison's a teenage girl, so she just pretty much ignored you. But if you've been paying attention, you would have seen that she just wants you to know that she's not a little girl anymore. Christmas traditions are born in those little chocolate milk and french fry moments. And you can't control it. We don't fit in the tiny little boxes on your Christmas calendar. And again, if this was the point of the movie, that would have been great, but it wasn't. But it was still nice to have that little bit in there. And I felt Charlotte Mm. did it quite well. Yeah, cool. Nevertheless, shut up, Charlotte. Well, I do have one more and it's not Charlotte related. You'll be pleased to hear. (laughs) Thank Uh, God, am I right? I know. She's actually the worst. Definitely, (laughs) demonstrably. Yeah, when, when Carter runs down the stairs from the motel at the end to go down their sort of horrible disruptive uh, mm. light walkway. Um, he slips as he goes down the stairs, and I guess that was just a goof that was kept in. Oh, we did a goof! Yeah. <laughs> and and that was a sort of, oh, we'll, keep, we'll use it. It's great. Dramatic. Goofy moment cinema. from a goofy boy. Aww. Beautiful. And what a, what a satisfying place to end our list of good things on. Because ultimately, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a film with the sort of daubles. The, the daubles? The daubles. The daubles of Christmas cheer. <laughs> it's got all the accoutrements. And yeah. hangings and drippings of a Christmas mm. movie. And, you know, maybe that's that's enough to give you a little bit of Christmas cheer in there. It's just a shame about the whole spiritual side of the thing yeah. and the comedy side of the thing. If the movie was funny, it would forgive an awful lot. It really would. Yeah. Um, Daubles of Christmas cheer sounds like an Arthur Conan Doyle book. <laughs> and God bless it for that. <laughs> All right, Paul, how about the OGT? Well, I sent... I sent it. OG team have sent us things on the eve of Christmas. What have they got to say to us in this evening? Uh, Actually nothing, because I I messaged them about an hour and a half ago. (laughs) I forgot. It's been busy. And yeah, I I messaged people who may or may not be awake and then uh, (laughs) gave them an hour to respond. Katie seen it. She apparently was watching it with, I think she said, um, Matt. And they watched 15 minutes of it and saw that uh, Danny DeVito's a, ro- a used car salesman. And then just couldn't put up <laughs> with that anymore. And 
just, just that left, was the limit. Just left their their homes. Yeah, yeah right. they left their homes and they haven't been back since. <laughs> Um, Do you know what? I went and saw some carols yesterday, and you know, hallelujah. Mm. Um, Handel? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. One of the guys in the choir came in just a tad too early mm. on the hallelujah, which was marvellous, because um, it was the last one, that sort of, hallelujah, yeah. and just the last bit, it was just a sort of, hallelujah, <laughs> 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, yeah, <laughs> Wait, what was that? Back off, back up, back up, stop, everyone stop. <laughs> Play the tape back, Barry. We're all going to listen to this idiot. We're going to find him and his family. <laughs> I forgot to mention it was uh, J.K. Simmons conducting the uh, conducting <laughs> the orchestra. He threw an organ at the, one of the guys playing. Ripped, took ages. Ripped it out, ripped ripped out of the wall. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, we're still sat there. We got. We're only on the third day of Christmas. This is gonna be. This is gonna take forever. All right. Well, how about the one better thing? The one better thing. Jingle all the way. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I think so. That's that's the real story of Christmas dads trying to be the best Christmas dad and realizing the true meaning of Christmas. There's also a jetpack involved. That's the real Christmas dad. There was one in this one too. <laughs> all right, my one. <laughs> Sorry. I think I was expecting more, and I was just suddenly found myself I'm... at the end, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> I think you know you just got to you got to match you got to match what you're being brought to the table, and I had to match Matthew Broderick. <laughs> All that natural timing that he's got. <laughs> Every so often, you'd see Charlotte just, "Oh yeah, okay, uh, oh, what do you mean?" <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know if Matthew Broderick was meant to continue speaking. He'd finished his line on a weird inflection and was just staring now into the, into the distance into his next line. <laughs> I finished talking. Nah, nah, nah. My one better thing. Oh. Is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, directed by Jeremiah mm. Chechik, who also directed The Avengers 1998. Fantastic. Fantastic. Lovely. What a lovely man. Yes. That, you just be honest, this film also feels somewhat underpopulated in terms of the town they live in. Oh well. No, it's a it's a festive classic, isn't it? It's the Griswolds, you know, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo and Juliette Lewis and the rest, mm. and they're just trying to have Christmas. There's actually very little storyline. If there's a through line, I guess it's that um, Clark wants to build a swimming pool and depends upon his Christmas bonus to get it done. But the boss is being a bit stingy and it's at risk, and there might be a bit of a tension there. But more or less, it's just a series of episodes that focus in on incredibly well-observed Christmas rituals. You know, the family showing up, the decorations mm. having to be put up, you know, and the various difficulties, but all with this kind of very devilish sense of humour to it. And it's back when Chevy Chase really cared a lot about his comedy <laughs> and... um it shows and he was a very interesting mm. performer kind of creepy a lot of the time but in a way that is yeah. actually endearing where you can actually tell that oh. he um you know he's just a nice guy who wants to do christmas well is the thing and oh. just wonderful little bits like the christmas tree that they get which is far too big for their house and they cut the ropes and it just smashes all of their windows um and then covers everyone in sap and the yuppie couple next door who end up sort of constantly um bemused by the griswolds attempt to have a good christmas <coughs> which somehow mm. is always at their expense yeah little lines that are quite funny little quips that are great many of which um stem from griswold just being a bit of a jerk but a relatable jerk <laughs> As well, no. so yeah, best kind. If anything, leaning into the character being a jerk actually helps you get away with it. So yeah, it's Christmas. It's Christmas with the cranks. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's National In Lampoon's conclusion. Christmas with the Cranks. Is my favorite film of the year. I can't even remember how to <laughs> sign this off. A favorite film of 2022. <laughs> oh God, and that's the one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out more about the Christmas thing? You can go ho ho. <laughs> Love it. God, he's wearing a t-shirt, well, people at home. It's just, oh, just wrong. Do you think that's going to be the moment when people, we're going to finally get, you know, we're going to finally get Catherine Tate's audience. <laughs> and all the little Britain oh, fans. Man. And they're all going to go, I just I think love that. Can I get that on a t-shirt? Yes, you can. This is the moment. <laughs> I Genesis. think we're en route to uh, winning the next election, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like a soundbite, didn't it? Um, I can get behind it. Well, if if you want to go ho ho into this time no, of healing, good the second time. No, <laughs> no, the second one was a Boris Johnson reference. Oh, um, okay, well that's that's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. That's actually great. Um, <laughs> it's actually, elected. If you, 
if you want to Christmas your way into Christmas podcast, then you can do so on Twitter and Facebook, OGT Pod. You can send us an email at gmail at OGTPod at gmail dot Christmas. <laughs> and if you want to <laughs> if you want to tell a friend, do that. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. Um the, the jokes and the puns are coming thick and fast as yeah. evidence. Yeah, we're proud members of the A Lot of Green Network if you want to catch us and other Christmassy. It's not working anymore. Um, only have one, one pun, one and done, one and pun, <laughs> one and pun. That um, was a contradiction. It's a paradox. T- no. Oh. <laughs> ah. So as we slip away into oblivion, um, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Hark! See the films, terrible films. All seem to say, throw this away. Bad calls are here, bringing good cheer good to young and soiled. Things. Oh, how they toil! Bad, Bad film, good thing. That is their wrong. Good Finding good things, things, all contriving. One seems to see poor film quality from everywhere, filling the screens. Oh, how crappy are their films? Terrible films. And Christmas is here. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. On, on they watch. On without stop. Finding good things in. Every film. Crap. Crap. Film. Good Good things. things.